All right. You guys were fast. Usually I have to tell people to bring it in and stop talking. But um, Well, good morning. Thanks for being here. My name is Derek. And a couple quick announcements to tell you guys before we jump into the message. Um, first thing I want to say is if you, if you smell something weird in here, if it smells like stinky feet, it's because last night we had like 30-some kids in here running around sweating, playing games, having fun because we had date night. So huge thanks to the volunteers for helping put that on. Um, super big blessing for the parents. And, uh, you know, now we just have to deal with the smell for a few weeks. But hopefully we can do that again at some point. But awesome time for parents. Um, it could be. It could have been Josh's feet, too. Uh, next thing is today is community lunch. And I know it's freezing outside, super cold, but community lunch is planned. They've already been prepping food and getting ready for us down the street. So if you are new here, you don't know what community lunch is, right after church we walk like two blocks or maybe drive this week if we want. But we go right down the street to Fork Real Cafe and we have a meal together. It's super cheap and it's a great time to meet people, get plugged in and just have a meal together. So I want to encourage you guys. Uh, to come to that after and you didn't have to sign up so if you're just hearing about this for the first time just come after church have a meal with us and then next thing I want to say is uh, we have a new attenders newcomers meeting next week after church so I don't know uh, how long you guys have been coming here, but if you still feel like you're kind of new you're still trying to meet the staff get to know people get to know the heart and vision of this church Next week, after church, we're going to do a 20, 30-minute meeting right in here. So stay a little bit and come with some questions. You'll get to meet uh, the people that help serve here and then just have a time to do a Q&A. So next week, remember that, all right? Um, so yeah, now we can jump into the message. I, um, I got a, uh, a message from Evan a while back. He's like, hey, do you want to teach on marriage on Valentine's Day? And I was like, yeah, it sounds awesome. I'm passionate about marriage. Marriage is good. I can do this. And then I realized where we're at. And I realized this could be a pretty hard message today. So if, if, you are, if you're not sure where we're at, we've been studying uh, the Exodus and the Ten Commandments. And so this is where we're at today. Go ahead and put up that first slide, okay? This is a fun verse to talk about on Valentine's Day, huh? So... I just want to say, like, I have a couple goals for today. I have a goal for this message and, and a hope. My hope is that we can leave encouraged, challenged, and even convicted. Okay? But I don't want, and I pray, have been praying, that nobody leaves feeling shame and condemnation. Because this is a heavy subject, and even Evan mentioned it last week. Like, the next several weeks, last week was heavy. These are just hard topics to talk about, and they're very convicting. They can be, but conviction can be really good thing. I believe conviction comes from God, and it can lead to change and repentance. Uh, on the other hand, shame and condemnation does not. So I don't want you guys to feel that. If you do, I want you to know that's not from God. Um, but as we, as we get into this message, it's, it's not this like cheery, lovey message like, uh, you know, love is patient, love is kind, Valentine's Day, handing out roses at the end of the service. That's not what it's going to be today, all right? But we can learn, we can grow, and draw closer to God, and that's, that's my hope. So sorry for the, the spoiler alert there, but um, a couple weeks ago, uh, Chris talked about 
keeping the Sabbath. And he had mentioned that, you know, we tend to minimize that commandment. You know, it's not that big of a deal to keep the Sabbath. Um, well, last week and this week, murder and adultery, we tend to kind of elevate because these are huge, right? And these, these sins, when we break them, they have massive consequences, not just for us, but for many people. So there's a reason they kind of get elevated, but, um, you know, they're still sins. All sins break God's heart. You know, they all break God's heart. And all of the commandments we're going to talk about, um, and we have been talking about, require submission and obedience. So, you know, this is no different. Other than, like, some more serious consequences, like I said, it's still a sin that break, breaks God's heart. And there's layers to it. It's not just about avoiding one thing, like that may be part of it, but it's also about what do we do instead of that. So we're going to talk about avoiding sexual sin and adultery, but we're also going to talk about honoring marriage and what that looks like. And Jesus gets into it. It's, it's, it's much deeper than that one, you know, one verse that's really short. There's a lot in this. So um, before we even get into the message, this is like a pre-message to the pre-message but I just want to start with Jesus. Like, we have to start with Jesus, all right? What Jesus did on the cross, dying for our sins, hanging on a cross, you know, this brutal death is why we can be here, why we can talk about this. His, his blood, shedding his blood is what provides us forgiveness and redemption and hope. And so I just want to start with that, knowing that. If you've never heard that, then hear it today. Jesus loves you. He doesn't hold your sins against you, right? He says your sins are forgiven, past, present, and future. The, the stuff you did, the decisions you made when you're 18 years old, the, the thoughts you had this morning that were not good, and the, the things you're going to do in 10 years down the road. Okay, Jesus already paid the price for all of it. It's an amazing thing, right? But it requires us to ask forgiveness and go to him and confess. But I just, I have to lay it out there that he's already paid the price. And so if we can approach this message in the Ten Commandments knowing that we're already forgiven, we're already loved, and God is constantly pursuing us, even when we make mistakes, possibly huge mistakes, uh, then it allows us to have the proper framework of, of going to him repeatedly. Does that make sense? So Jesus, we've got to start with Jesus first, and I want everybody to hear that. He loves us so much, and he is constantly pursuing us. Um, so I guess, yeah, I mean, adultery can be super destructive, and we're going to talk about how destru destructive it can be. But I also want to mention that there is a form of spiritual and physical adultery. Um, and they both, they both kind of begin when we take our love and devotion for one thing and divert it to another thing. All right? So, so with God, we, it's tied in very closely with idolatry, which I talked about like a month ago. When we take our love and our heart that's supposed to be, you know, to God and God alone, and we divert that and go to other things, idols or, you know, anything else, that's a form of adultery. You know, we're cheating on God. He's our first love, and we're going to other things for satisfaction and fulfillment, Right? Same thing is true with our spouses. When we, when we divert our love and devotion from our spouse anywhere else 
Maybe it's images, maybe it's thoughts or actual person, right? It's, it's a form of adultery, and it breaks God's heart, and we know the consequences can be huge. And so today we're going to talk about, you know, avoiding that, but I want to, I like, make it known that we're all guilty of this. We're all guilty of, of this sin and all the other commandments. Nobody can keep all these, you know? So we all stand guilty before God, but forgiven by Jesus if we repent and confess. So it's an encouraging thing to know that. Um, and we've, so we've just all done it. I want us to just like get that too. We've all strayed and wandered from God. And we've all who are married here have probably strayed and wandered from our spouse. Maybe not physically, but maybe emotionally, mentally, taking our eyes and our heart to other things. So like I said, there's, there's, there's layers of, of, you know, do not commit adultery. There's layers to that. And we're going to get into what Jesus says uh, in a little bit. But as far as marriage goes, uh, marriage is sacred. It's holy. You know, God has given us marriage, and it's a really important thing. Um, you know, our marriages are on display for the world to see. And when you, when you realize that, it's, it's heavy. That's a weighty thing to take on. But our, our marriages are meant to reflect God's relationship to the church, sacrificial relationship to the church. Um, and so we're called to honor our marriages. And even if you're here today and you're not married, you're single, you can still learn. Like, please don't check out on this message. You can learn and, and grow and realize what it means to honor marriage even while you're single because God may be preparing you for that. I don't know. Um, but I just don't want you to think, oh, this is just for the marriage people. I'm going to check out and think about, you know, something else. No, like, stay with me on this, all right? Um, so marriage is sacred. It's the closest relationship that we can have in this world, um, and it's meant to bring honor and glory to God by the choices we make. So one man, one woman joining together, becoming one. It's a beautiful, amazing thing, and I want to read from Ephesians first, and I'm going to let you guys know I got a lot of passages to read today, and if you if you've been any time when I've talked, I like to let you guys read. So get ready. There's going to be some passages to read. So this first one is kind of a long one, Ephesians 5, 21 through 33. Can anybody be brave and read this for me with the microphone? Awesome. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit, to your, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by, whoop, by the washing with water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church, without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated their own body, but they feed and care for their body, just as Christ does the church. For we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his mother and fa father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I am talking about Christ in the church. However, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself, 
and the wife must respect her husband. Thank you. So, uh, probably heard that passage before. An awesome passage, a lot in there. We're not going to break the whole thing apart, but it's talking about marriage and sacrificial love. To love someone above yourself, to put their needs first. Marriage teaches us and shows us how selfish we are. Am I right? Can I get an amen? There we go. <laughs> it teaches us and shows us how selfish we are. And then we have kids, and that teaches us even more about our selfishness, right? Um, but it's, it says it's a profound mystery, right? Um, you know, laying down your life for, for one another, you know, submitting to their needs and, and, and putting your desires lower than theirs. It's a crazy thing, and it takes work, and it's hard. But that's what marriage is. And like I said earlier, it's on display for the world to see. So we get to live this out in front of many people. Um, and I was thinking, you know, about my marriage this week. It's like my wife didn't dream probably of marrying somebody who was going to do skate ministry. <laughs> That wasn't a part of her wildest dreams, you know, to hang out with somebody who, you know, is always with teenagers that smell and, you know, eat junk food all the time and hang out at skate parks. That wasn't a, probably a part of her dreams as a little girl, you know. Um, but she's made sacrifices so that I could do what God has called me to do. And then even moving here two years ago, I've said this before, I, I used to tell my wife I'd never live in South Dakota. I just, I said it and I meant it, but then God changed me and then we had a desire to be closer to her family. And so for me, it was like, all right, well, it's time for me to make some sacrifices. You know, I love Colorado. That's where I'm from. It's just an amazing state, but I had to give up some things that I love too. You know, I never thought I'd own a minivan. I've <laughs> talked about that too. You know, there we go. Now we can lighten up a little bit. <laughs> Um, and man, we're close. We're like a year or two away from upgrading to a much cooler vehicle. But, um, <laughs> you know, marriage, like these things happen when God brings two people together. You know, you have to learn to compromise and put other people first. I know those are silly examples and there's much deeper ones I could share. But the point is God brought us together and we both had to work at this marriage and submit to each other um, and learn to grow. Um, but marriage you know, it's a, it's a beautiful thing, and it's a beautiful thing, especially when Jesus is the center of it. When Jesus is the glue that binds and holds a marriage together is an amazing thing. And so I want to read two more verses. Well, actually, same verse, two different translations. Who can read these for me? You've probably heard these at a wedding before, but who can read these? All right. And I, I put them both up here because they... Different translations, but they, they just are both really good, so I couldn't decide what to share. A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. They're even better, oh, three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. And if one prevail, and if one prevail against him, two shall withstand him. And a threefold cord is not quickly broken. Anybody ever hear, hear that at a wedding? I love this verse. That third cord, that's Jesus. That third 
cord that binds and brings two people together is Jesus, and it brings strength to a marriage. Um, yeah, it's just, it's a simple verse, but I love it because really, like, on your own, you and your spouse, you can have a decent marriage. I believe that. But if you have Jesus in the midst of it, in the center of it, the glue, like I said, the secret ingredient, or that third cord that binds you and, and holds you together, your marriage is going to be much stronger and much better. And I, I truly believe that. I've seen marriages that people have committed and been married for 50 years. And commitment is awesome, but there's no love. Like, they stayed together, but was their marriage flourishing? No. They were missing out on that third cord, the, the secret ingredient, Jesus. You know, so it's not just about commitment staying together. That is definitely part of it. Um, but it's about having Jesus at the, at the center of it. Um, so we're called, obviously, as believers to honor marriage, um, and we're to avoid at all costs sexual sin that leads down a path of destruction and possibly adultery. Um, and that's, again, you know, giving our hearts or even our bodies to something, somebody else. Um, it's a very destructive path, and to do this, to avoid this, I think that we really need uh, this verse right here, and we need to live by the Spirit. Galatians. So this is another long, kind of long passage. Who can read this one? So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery idolatry, and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions of envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep it in step with the Spirit. Thank you. Another hard passage, but it takes living by the Spirit. You know, there's a long list of things that result from when we live by the flesh, and they're not good. But when we live by the Spirit, there's another list, and it's much better. Peace, patience, love, joy, you know, all that good stuff. But at the very end of those verses, it says, crucified with, uh, let me see, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Okay, so let's stop and think about that for a second. To crucify the flesh and its desires. This is what this means. To kill, bury, and put away all those evil and destructive thoughts and emotions and sins. To, to get rid of it. 
You know, there couldn't be a more heavy image than to crucify your flesh in those desires. You know? Um, and to do this, like I said, we have to live by the Spirit. We have to ask God to help us. We have to ask God to remove these things from us, from our hearts. And we need um, radical obedience in this area. I heard this, this term this week while I was studying radical obedience, and it just stuck out to me. It's so true. And when we're talking about sexual sin and, and all this stuff, radical obedience, we're going to come back to that. Um, but let's, let's look at, at what Jesus says in Matthew. One more section to read. Who's got it? Got a lot of Bible today. Where are we at? You've heard that it said, you should not commit adultery. Yet I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has committed already adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. It's better for you to lose one part of your body than your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. It's better for you to lose one part of your body and your whole body go into hell. Thanks for reading. Radical obedience. You see where I got that from? This is what Jesus calls us to do, to obey, and he uses some very, very strong language here. Um, we would all be missing eyes and limbs if we took this literally. Am I right? We'd all be walking around like zombies out there if we, if we took these words literally. But that, you know, that's not the point. Um, this is a heart issue. Adultery goes back to the heart. And the reason I know that to be true is because a blind man can still lust. Am I right? You can chop off both your hands, gouge out both your eyes like Jesus said, and you can still struggle with lust and temptation. You know, so I love that Jesus calls us to act, you know, and we should do this, you know, do things to put in place that are going to help us, but we really have to get to the heart um, and we have to take action. We have to confess, repent, and turn back to Jesus in areas that we struggle. Um, here's kind of my take and translation of, of this verse. If your iPhone causes you to sin, throw it out the window when you're driving down the highway. If the internet causes you uh, to sin, cancel your subscription. Cut it off. Cut the cord. Um, if a flirtatious relationship at work causes you to sin, switch departments. Maybe even quit your job. Like, that's... That's gnarly. Jesus is saying heavy stuff, so we need to take radical action, you know. To even think about quitting your job because of a dangerous relationship is crazy. But see, it's such a dangerous path to go down, and Jesus wants, to avoid, wants us to avoid this at all costs. Um, so, you know, we can't even mess around with sexual sin and temptation. It's going to lead us down a very dark, destructive path. To dabble in sin is dangerous. You guys have all heard the phrase growing up from your parents probably. You play with fire, what happens? You get burned. And that's, 
That's what it means to dabble in sin, and especially sexual sin that is so dangerous. Um, so the encouragement today is to not even go there, not even go down that path. Don't even let your heart uh, start to stray. And if you see it starting to stray, take action, radical action. And I don't know what that means for you. If it's quitting a job, do it. I was uh, mentoring a young man for a while, struggled with pornography. It was just like we'd meet constantly, and it's just constant struggle. Well, one day he came in, and he's like, I did it. And he took a baseball bat to his Mac, really expensive computer, and he just destroyed it, annihilated this thing. And I was, I was so happy. I was like, he did something about it, you know? Like, he took action. The thing that was causing him to sin, he destroyed it, got it out of his life. Now, that doesn't mean he didn't struggle. He still had to deal with the heart issue, but the point is he took action, and I think we all need to take action. Maybe it's big, maybe it's small, but when we know we're struggling, when we know we're prone to wander and let our eyes and hearts go different places, we need to, like, put a stop to it right now. Um, and there's another pretty powerful passage uh, from Proverbs that talks about um, just warning us about going down this path, avoiding sexual sin, temptation, adultery, all that stuff. So another, another passage. Who's got it? With persuasive words, she led him astray. She seduced him with her smooth talk. All at once he followed her like an ox going to slaughter, like a deer stepping into a noose till an arrow pierced his liver, like a bird darting into a snare, until little knowing it will cost him his life. Now then, my sons, listen to me. Pay attention to what I say. Do not let your heart turn to her ways or stray into her paths. Many are the victims she has brought down. Her slain are a mighty throng. Her house is a highway to the grave leading down to the chambers of death. Thanks for reading. Powerful words, right? It's talking about choices that are going to lead to death. You know, this is like, it couldn't be any stronger for me to hear. Uh, like a deer stepping into the noose. You know, like consequences. This is a dangerous, dangerous path to go down. And um, if you go look at King David's life, um, you'll see that his adulterous choices he made with Bathsheba had a ripple effect into his family for generations. Um, and so it tells us just how dangerous this is, you know, and that we're to avoid it and not even go down this path. And I want you guys to really like take some time this week and go look at David's life. Go look at the choices he made and how those uh, sinful choices led to just massive destruction and brokenness in his family. There was, there was rape. There was murder. There was just broken relationships that stemmed from him uh, diverting his heart and love to somewhere it shouldn't be. You know, committing adultery, the act, and then it's just ripple effect. And so that's a good reminder that our choices don't just affect us. You know, our choices that we make are going to infect our kids, our community, people around us. You know, we're all going to be affected by this. And so we need to be very careful, and that's why this warning is so strong. And, you know, a side note, too, that men may struggle with this more, but this is women are not exempt from, from, from lust and from the temptations like this. I know these words are phrased towards men, 
But, you know, I think we all struggle with this in different ways. Um, and again, this commandment is just a huge warning uh, for us and how we're going to live and, and our choices that we make. You know, we can prosper in marriage and in life, um, or we can bring about pain and destruction for not only ourselves, but for, you know, many people. Um, so I want to remind us, though, that, like, when we honor marriage, um, there are blessings that come from that, that flow from treating this relationship holy and taking care of it uh, and working at it, you know. There's danger in, in uh, the path we just talked about, but on the flip side, if we honor marriage and work at it and grow and submit to each other, submit to Jesus, there's blessings that are going to flow throughout your marriage into your kids, into maybe the next generation. Um, so positive choices will always have positive effects in our life um, and also for those to come. So, um, you know, to avoid this sin, to avoid this path completely, like I said, we need to take action, radical obedience. We need to obey, do something about it, and we need to, uh, we need to flee. Flee temptation. What does it mean to flee? Give me some words. Run. Escape. To flee means to get the heck out of there, you know, at all costs. Run the other direction. You know, you flee when you're in danger. You flee when you're escaping something. And there's verses in the Bible that tell us to flee sexual temptation, to just run the other direction. And that's like, again, we need to take it that serious, not even go down that path, not even dabble in this stuff. Even our, our thoughts that we think, oh, it's not that big of a deal. Nobody knows. Well, guess what? God knows. He knows our hearts. He knows our thoughts. He knows everything about us. We may be able to keep things hidden from, you know, our church, our spouse, the closest people to us, you know, coworkers. But we can keep nothing hidden from God. He sees it all. So why not get right with him and turn to him and ask him to help us in these areas we struggle with? Um. So, yeah, if you're married, I want to encourage you, take action in any of these areas that you're struggling with. Um, you know, it's a sacred covenant before God. He takes it very seriously, not just for you and your spouse, but for the world to see, you know. Um, I guarantee there's people in here that have been affected by other people's choices uh, in this area. And so, you know, avoid it, flee, get out of there. Um, and then also be reminded that uh, the blessings will flow as you honor marriage and treat it how it should be treated, keep it holy, uh, put God in its proper place. Um, and your spouse, remember, like, if you are married, your spouse is perfect for you. God has given you your spouse as this perfect puzzle piece, this missing puzzle piece that's going to bring wholeness and complete you. And I know there's days you probably don't feel that, you know, marriage is hard and you have to work at it, but God has given you a spouse to love and to honor and to cherish. And they are perfect for you. And it may require a ton of submission. It may require a ton of work and, uh, you know, you dealing with your selfishness and, and, and putting their needs first. I mean, marriage is hard, but it can be a beautiful thing. And the world can look at your marriage and, and, and turn to God and glorify God by the way that you treat your spouse. And that's, that's a beautiful thing. Um, so to honor marriage is huge. Don't take it lightly. Um, and then I, I, I want to say this also. If you have already experienced brokenness in your marriage or currently, 
um, I just want you to know, like, God loves. He forgives. That's what I started with. I'm going to end with it, too. You know, get right with God. Get right with your spouse. God uh, longs for reconciliation with, with, with people, with him. You know, he doesn't want broken relationships. And so if, you, if you've struggled, if you've had areas of brokenness in your relationships, you know, deal with it. Get right with God. Go to him as a loving father that's still pursuing you and wants to bring wholeness into your relationship. Um, and I, I believe that God can heal and mend the worst, most broken relationships. I want to share with you guys a story, um, and I'm going to give you the, the summary of it, but I'm going to post a video this week that I encourage you guys to all watch. Send it out with the email, and then I'll post it on social media. But this is an extreme example um, of God healing and reconciling a broken marriage. And this is a friend of mine, uh, so I've talked to him, like, one-on-one about this. But uh, if you guys have ever heard of I Am Second, it's on I Am Second website, too. So quick story is, uh, so this is a, a guy, his name is Brian Sumner. He's a, he's a professional skateboarder. Um, I met him years ago, and he was, he's pretty famous when I was growing up. He's, he doesn't really skate as much anymore, but he was famous. He's from England. He came over to America and started uh, skateboarding and riding for the biggest companies in the world. He was riding with Tony Hawk and all these big companies. So the uh, point is, he had everything. He had money. He had fame. He had this rock star lifestyle, and he, could, he had access to whatever he wanted. Okay? So he comes over, has all this. He meets a girl. They drive out to Vegas. They get married at a little white chapel. <laughs> Funny story, but it's true. They, they get married at the chapel in Vegas that you wonder if anybody actually gets married there. Well, they did, all right? Young. They start this relationship young. Don't know anything about marriage. They're not believers, all right? They have a kid. Next thing you know, relationship starts to crumble. Marriage starts to crumble. Brokenness enters this marriage, and it's just a disaster. They, they get divorced. Like I said, they had a kid. They get divorced. Um, Brian ends up getting in trouble. He was even on the point of suicidal. Just He went from very high to very low. He gets saved. He comes to know Jesus. Shortly after he gets saved, his wife gets saved. God reconciles their marriage, brings them back together. They were divorced. They went through the paperwork. Imagine just all the stuff that goes along with that, the emotions, the hurt, the pain. God brings them back together. They remarry. Like, remarry. <laughs> I don't know if you guys ever have heard that before, but they get remarried. They have two more kids. Brian quits skateboarding, pursue being a pastor and doing ministry. They've written marriage books. They travel around the country, like, teaching and leading marriage retreats and all this stuff. And so that's an extreme example. But I've, like I said, I, I know this guy firsthand. God totally reconciled a broken relationship and brought them back together and is using their marriage to bring glory to himself. Is that amazing? Uh, so I'm going to encourage you guys to, to hear it from himself this week. I'll post it. But that, for me, is an awesome reminder when I, when I hear of people that are struggling in broken marriages. I'm, it doesn't matter what level, you know. There's, it doesn't matter. God can heal. God can mend. He can restore. He can forgive. And so um, that's a message for us today to avoid at all costs going down this path, to be reminded that God loves us relentlessly, who pursues us passionately, 
There's nothing that can, uh, we can never get away from God's love. Um, I mean, he's just always going to come after us. So, um, you know, if you're married today, honor your marriage. Love your spouse. Um, it's a true gift from God. Uh, if you're not married, pray. You know, if that's something you desire, start praying now. Start putting in things in your life that are going to prepare you for uh, a marriage down the road, if that's what you desire. And, you know, at the very end of all of this, it's not about us. It's about Jesus, you know. Our marriages are great, and they can be, you know, filled with so much goodness. But, again, it's not about us. It's meant to give glory to God. So that's just one way that we can do it through our marriages. So happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> uh, love your spouse. Honor your marriage and get right with God if you need to. I think we all need to at some level. Um, so let me just pray and uh, dig into some of this stuff this week. You know, look at King David's life. Read that video. And I, I really hope that you guys are going to be encouraged and challenged uh, and convicted to, to just turn to God and, and, and know him more. So let me pray for us. Father God, thank you for today, Lord. Thank you for your word. Thank you for conviction that comes, God. I know this was a, a, a hard thing for me to prep and talk about and study, and I just, I know people struggle in this area, Lord. I struggle in this area. Nobody's perfect, God, and I know today that your word can go out and it can change hearts. It can mend relationships, Lord. It can strengthen relationships, and I pray today that uh, any any marriages out there will just be uh, drawn closer to you, Lord. I thank you for your reminder that you're the, you're the glue that holds us together and gives us strength. So um, I just also want to pray that people will feel your love and your compassion um, and know that your arms are open wide and ready to, to welcome and forgive if, if that needs to be done, Lord. So I pray that we can just do some business with you today, Lord, in our personal lives, Lord, in our marriage, and even as our community, Lord. Would, would this community just be a community that honors you, honors marriage, and glorifies you? And so we thank you for today, what you're doing in our lives. Amen.